1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. CNN tried to embarrass a California tour. Uh, who has uh, decided that he wants to accentuate the fact that uh, tyranny is wrapped up in and justifying the mask mandates that are coming back all over the country. Uh, The sign on Basilico's Italian restaurant in Huntington Beach, California, is leave the mask, get the cannoli. (laughs) The owner, uh, his name is Tony Roman. And he was on with Chris Cuomo, and it went a little south. The whole reason this is happening is because people won't protect
0: themselves, Tony. I mean, what are you thinking? Then why did you leave your house when when you had COVID? I mean, you had it, and you left your house. I mean, it's been documented. First of right? all, so it has been documented. My ass, it's been documented. Why I quarantined. Why I went out. My wife got accosted by somebody. I don't know, man. You're and I, I know you don't know, so I'm trying to help you. The science is clear, Tony. You're trying to help me. You're I don't want to you, you to get sick the way I was the sick. The science is clear. Oh, you care about me all of a sudden, huh? Enough to have you on the show, because I don't like people uh, making bad decisions for themselves and their family. I was hoping it was a little bit of a stunt. Oh. You have the freedom not to take the vaccine. Well, I just don't ask- know why you think it's a good move. Maybe... Maybe we should ask your brother about protecting people, right? Oh, hey look, that's his job, and if he doesn't you know, do it well, whole, people won't vote for. That's a whole, whole him. new can of worms. But no, look, Tony, look, I don't Listen, know if you know me too well. I'm not shy away from My stand from is Just not I'm a political you about stand. You. Yeah, good. I appreciate that too, because I know you talk a lot. So, so my my <laughs> stance here is a pro freedom stand only. It's not political. You're never going to. Fu- If you come down here, you're not going to see a Trump flag flying Mm -hmm. over the roof, okay? You're not going to see campaign signs. You're not going to see campaign slogans or political slogans ever, okay? Mm -hmm. You're only going to see pro-freedom messages, and that's it. Um, And you're not going to drag me down the hole talking about the science. This is not about whether I'm pro-vaccine or not. I'm pro-freedom anti-tyranny.
1: That was a little weird. Uh, Chris Cuomo, it was widely reported, had COVID and was not at his house. Uh, his brother, I love the shot, at his brother, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see uh, whether this guy's business does well or does poorly. He's in a state that I think would be more prone to receive mask mandates well. I don't think Ohio is going to receive additional mask mandates willingly. I wonder if you will just hunker down at home. Will you go out? Will you avoid places that require masks? Do you expect places to require masks? This is a little bit more oppressive, a little bit more um, guilt-ridden Than those first two weeks after the mask mandates were lifted and people were still a little hesitant about, hmm, you're not wearing a mask. Does that mean you're vaccinated or does that mean you're a vaccine skeptic? Pretty soon that sort of lingering uncertainty vanished and we all kind of got on with our lives and it was wonderful. At least I felt that it was wonderful. We didn't have to go through the political theater of, okay, I'm walking into a restaurant, I'll put my mask on. Okay, now I sat down. Okay, now I can take my mask off. That was always silly. It always will be silly. And I would argue as well, it will always be silly if we are going to be in charge of our own masking. If we're not going to be made to wear a special type of mask, if we're not going to be monitored on how clean our mask is, if we're going to be able to walk into Facilities and not be handed a new mask. Then there's really no way for the people who will be satisfied with us having something over our mouth and nose. There's really no way for them to know that what we have over our mouth and nose is sanitary, clean. Made in such a fashion that it's accomplishing the task that you think it's going to accomplish. So it's always been theater. Always. We have never masked before during epidemics of the flu or other things. I'm not going to say COVID is the flu. But I'm also not going to go back to the kind of blind allegiance, blind adherence to the things that we followed, hmm, middle of last summer, believing then that certainly our healthcare professionals aren't political animals. Certainly, they're giving us the straight scoop. Certainly, they can interpret their own data. Certainly, they wouldn't get this wrong. Certainly, they wouldn't try to play us. I don't know that anybody thinks that anymore. Well, there's certainly some people out there who do. They think Anthony Fauci hung the moon. Um... But Anthony Fauci has said so many different things, and even now uh, was quoted in a New York Times piece saying, There is not yet clinical data on what high viral loads mean in terms of disease transmission. There is not yet clinical data on what high viral loads mean in terms of disease transmission. But listen to him on MSNBC talk about the significance, and he would certainly say ominous, ominous nature, of a high viral load of COVID among those who previously been vaccinated. When you go back... 60 days or the two months ago, when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and gets a breakthrough infection, it was considerably less than
0: the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. The data were clear. Now that we have a Delta variant, that has changed the entire
1: landscape. Because when you look at the level of virus in the nasopharynx of a vaccinated person, who gets a breakthrough infection with Delta, it is exactly the same as the level of virus in an unvaccinated Uh. person who's infected. Ah. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean that it's more transmissible. It doesn't mean that it's more uh, dangerous. See, he lays out there a fact that the fact could mean a lot or the fact could mean nothing. So what does the fact mean? You need that extra piece of the puzzle to know what is the significance of that? What is the significance of that? He's he's not going to tell you. He's going to let you assume. He's going to scare you. Oh, my God. Six months ago. It wasn't a now. A New York Times columnist, Brett Stevens, New York Times, I said, says misinformation about the coronavirus is not, quote, merely a right wing phenomenon. In a piece titled COVID Misinformation Comes from the Top Two, meaning the top also, Stevens wrote this. Distrust in public health messaging is also sown when public health messengers show themselves to be less than completely trustworthy. Hmm, wonder who we could be talking about. (laughs) He continues. Anthony Fauci is almost certainly right on the technical merits. But the larger truth obscured until recently by fervent efforts, including by Fauci, to dismiss the lab leak theory for the origins of the pandemic, is that the U.S. government's scientific establishment did support gain-of-function research that deserved far more public debate than it got. Stevens continued that the, quote, misinformation on everyday life has been immense, immense and has done much to undermine public confidence in establishment science. He concluded by saying this about Anthony Fauci. Fauci has something to do with the numbers on his own level of trustworthiness. Hmm. Yeah, he does. That's the New York Times. When the New York Times turns on you, and you're a darling of the left, you have had to really do something wrong. Now, if you're a business owner, you can do a bunch of things wrong. And one of the things you can do wrong is try to do something you're not equipped to do. Sometimes businesses go out of business because they expand too fast. You put somebody in charge who's not ready to be in charge. Sometimes you go out of business because you don't judiciously spend your money. And that is where my friends at AUIInfo.com can come in. You can get the most for your money in terms of benefits when you consult free with auinfo.com. And it's not just the initial consultation that's free. It's your entire dialogue, your entire interaction, your entire consultation with auiinfo.com is free. To you, they will be paid by companies that are more than desirous of being partners with you in offering life, health, dental, vision, disability. So they set up options for you to select. You select an option, and the person you select the option from, the company you select the option from, will then pay you at AUIinfo.com. How about HR counseling? Say, I'm a small business, Bruce. I got two, two employees. I got 40 employees. I can't afford a dedicated HR specialist. Ah, yes, you can. auinfo.com has one. Her name is Julie. She's phenomenal. She's ready to help you. She has 300 different training modules she can help with your HR issues, and that's free as well. auiinfo.com They're amazing. They do a great job. They'll do a great job for you, but not if you don't go to the site, not if you don't engage them on their chat, maybe set up a phone call, maybe an in-person meeting, whatever works best for you. They just want to make sure your business works best for you, and more importantly, your money works best for you in running that business. They are auiinfo.com That's info.com. Leona Wen is the former head of Planned Parenthood. So, she's likely not going to be one of my favorite people. But she is useful in the fight against Planned Parenthood. She said a lot of crazy things about COVID. She's definitely a leftist. But she lasted as the head of Planned Parenthood only a few months. And the reason why Leona Wen lasted only a few months is because there was a topic she didn't talk about enough. Abortion. She didn't say the word abortion enough. In fact, on her first full day on the job, this comes out in her new book, she went on ABC's The View. Now, that's a highly watched show. It's a bunch of trash, but it's highly watched. And she left the show elated because... Whoopi and Joy Behar, Sunny Host, and all the crazy women on The View reacted wonderfully to her message, but she did not say the word abortion. Now, why would that be a big issue for Planned Parenthood, that Leona Wen, the head of Planned Parenthood, didn't bring up the term abortion? Because Planned Parenthood will tell you that only 3%, (laughs) 3% of its services are abortion services. Uh, her book says, Dr. Wen was given an ultimatum. Change her strategy of as president of Planned Parenthood or leave. She was told, you need to talk about abortion at every media interview. You're the president of Planned Parenthood. People expect that from you. Not saying abortion sounds as if you're ashamed of it. If we don't talk about about abortion openly, loudly, and proudly as a positive moral good, then we are further stigmatizing it and the people who need it. Oh, man, is that evil. She said, I was given a choice, change or leave. Uh, Now, she was weighing whether to leave, and the stress, she believes, led to her having a miscarriage for a pregnancy that she was experiencing at that time. Um, She shared this with a colleague, and the colleague said that uh, she should use the loss of that child to explain her departure. You know, I lost a child, I'm bummed out, I'm depressed, I've got to quit my job. She refused. And Planned Parenthood voted her out. (laughs) How did Planned Parenthood handle it? Uh, Very professionally. They didn't tell her. She found out in a text message from a news organization. So there's your Planned Parenthood. Fine, upstand. What would you expect, really, from a group of people that believes murdering innocent, unborn children is... And I quote, a positive moral good, something they should talk about openly, loudly, and proudly. Wow. That is awful. Now, from time to time, I'll see something on social media that results in violent behavior. And I've taken to posting, wow, there's just never a social worker around when you need one. Which is, of course, a joke because the old saying is there's never a cop around when you need one. Well, there's not nearly as many cops around now, and we need more of them. And they're staying in their squad car if they are around because every person on the street has a phone in their pocket that they can't wait to film. A police officer doing what a police officer sometimes necessarily has to do, case in point, the Speedway on the south side in Marion Village the other night where the cop is trying to get an unruly customer out of the store and the woman filming it is berating the cop for doing his job and a woman outside comes in and instantly starts assaulting the cop in the midst of trying to do his job. But very soon I may be right in snarkily posting, boy, there's never a social worker around when you need one because the city of Columbus is... Highly encouraged by what it calls a pilot program in its infant stages where it does exactly that. It sends a social worker out on calls to 911 when the calls are deemed appropriate for a social worker instead of a police officer to show up. A social worker, an emergency communications dispatcher, and a paramedic all go together. It's like the modern day mod squad going out there. Uh, They handle calls involving mental health, addiction, and other social determinants of health. So remember the guy at St. Anne's who was wigging out on the park bench? And the Westerville police showed up and took him to St. Anne's. And he's in the emergency room and they frisk him. And he has a gun and he shoots at the officers and he ended up getting shot himself. Theoretically, that guy would get a social worker, a communications dispatcher and a paramedic on his call. Now, listen, I I do see where this could be good. I'm all for not bothering police officers with calls that do not require police officers. I don't think this is a bad program. I just think it is a program doomed to at least some spectacular failures. I hope not very many. But here's the problem with a program like this. It's not unlike brain surgery. It's not unlike open heart surgery. You have to be perfect. This program has to be perfect. The assessment of calls on which they should send these people out has to be perfect. Because if you send them out to a situation where a police officer with the ability to use lethal force appropriately is needed. These people are going to be in danger and somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. This is bound to happen. It's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So far, 56 incidents. They do it only between noon and four, Monday through Friday. Only for 18 days, June to early July. So I understand why Mayor Ginther is happy with the results so far, but... It, to me, um, you talk about fraught with peril. That situation is fraught with peril. Now, uh, some more thoughts on Simone Biles with a successor crowned today.